Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Hey guys. Reed, aka Sick Robot. What is up? And Morgan, aka Spleenface. How's it going? And in this episode, we'll be continuing our series, uh, which we've taken a brief pause from, uh, and, and that is our color series. So in this episode, we're going to be covering the color black in CDH. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just jump right into housekeeping. Um, and as usual in housekeeping, we like to shout out our new patrons. Uh, so big shout out to Cause0D. Cause OD? Cause OD? I don't know. <laughs> yeah something Cosy like that Odie. you know who you are and uh we, we'd like to uh say thanks a lot you rock um so yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know that's you know quick and dirty uh and on to uh new developments and uh we have quite a few new developments here so uh here morgan why don't, why don't you start sure uh well we had our quarterly ban list update and this time there was actually a ban list update uh there was one ban and one unban and i guess we can start by talking about the ban and that ban was of golos which uh i think was a yeah, bit of a he... controversial one and took a lot of people by surprise um i know that uh that we have some disagreements <laughs> on whether or not it was a good ban or it made sense uh so i'll i'll say i see where they're coming from because i think golos had a tendency to like if you just slap golos at the head of any deck of a given power level um at like mid power or below and then you start activating golos that quickly becomes like very unreasonable to deal with um and so i think it it was a card that had the potential for a lot of like unintentional feel bads and just you know take over games when you play it have one player monopolize the game. Um, but, you know, obviously it was a very popular commander. In fact, the most popular commander according to EDHREC, which, you know, definitely puts banning it in, like, kind of an awkward spot. Uh, yeah. L- but yeah, lots of new it's, developments. It's a very terrible precedent. <laughs> well, so, I mean, I would agree if they, like, because their bans are you know, ostensibly they're also supposed to be, like... Representative bands. Signposts or representative bands. And apparently they have spoken with the people who design commander cards and have been like, hey, guys, could you chill on printing, you know, super busted five-color commanders that don't cost Wooberg to cast? And apparently the commander people said yes. So I'm hopeful that that will work out. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think it was a very bad ban. I'm not going to go too in deep in depth on why, because I don't want to get into. Yeah, a big we argument. we might have a bonus episode or extra. <laughs> yeah, we, we could, extra we tidbit, extra at some special point, episode. But yeah, it's just I, I think that if you kind of look at, this is the first time a commander has been banned since Leovold, right? Yep. And it's the most popular. It's been a while. Well, I I mean, I, I guess pre-ban Lutri. Well, I, uh, Iona, Iona too, I guess. also is technically, yeah. but th- neither of those were banned for being commanders. Yeah, yeah, mm. um, yeah, and then banning the most popular commander of all time, and uh, 
I, I, I think I think the reasoning was dubious, and I think this sets a terrible precedent and uh, signals all the wrong things. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah, and then we have an an unban. Which is uh, also a bit of a strange yeah. precedent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we're probably yeah. a, all a lot more on the same page with this one. <laughs> I, I don't this even know how that, I feel. So, I'm, so I wanted this off. Dude, Worldfire is the greatest example of, like, that you can use in, like, a Rule Zero discussion. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. Worldfire, I mean, it resets everything in the game and sets everyone <laughs> to one. And it's miserable, like, no cards in it's hand, no just... permits on the field, no cards in graveyard. It's absolutely miserable unless you have some kill combo set up with it. But if you have a kill combo set up with it, it's just worse than other kill combos generally. Yeah. So, Dude, I... The thing with World Stars, just... I don't even think it's that miserable because it ends the game relatively quickly. Does I think it, you compare though? it to something like... Uh, what are you ending the game with? Does. Yeah, what are you ending the game with? Any creature. What, you, and you have to how are you draw... casting it? So you have draw to... lands and stuff, but I mean, how are you ending the game if you're at forty life, and and someone played a yokel hops? Well, like I mean, you still have cards and that's something that's been legal for ha a long time. Having cards in but hand, but you can is also huge. So, the, the the other issue is that you can also break parity on yokel hops with like planeswalkers and stuff. You can't break parity on world fire. <laughs> can if you're yeah. playing Jaliva. <laughs> Joyra. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Joyra. 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 Yeah, but I mean, like that. Bit, like awesome. any anybody can build their deck to break parity on Jungle Hops. You like you just can't build a deck to break parity on Worldfire unless you're playing exactly Jora. <laughs> is the issue, right? Yeah. Have I told you guys about my Worldfire Gonti deck? <laughs> can we not? So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it, it um and from a CDH perspective, which is ostensibly what our podcast is about, um, it's bad. That card costs nine mana? Question mark. Yeah, it's nine. Uh, red, red, so, red, six. Um, there are cards that cost a lot less than nine mana that more or less just win the game on their own. Um, I know people are talking about using Jessica to kill the table after casting this. Um, Twelve mana combos are not real. <laughs> not good, not it. real. <laughs> um... Like, if you're playing mono red and you have 12 mana... There's already a commander that just wins the game. But see, no you could do fire required. <laughs> see, you could do it with ten mana though with Ragavan. Now that's a combo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Why it's. I think of that. Uh, I, in in the context of CDH, I I'm sure somebody's gonna brew some drawer deck with this, where like you just like suspend it in a creature in the same turn, or like. You suspend it and then suspend a creature like a turn later and then just like hope to win the game off of beats. But yeah, like, but um, I, I mean, know. realistically, if you can't counter a sorcery after having a four, four turns of advance that it's notice, coming, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of on you. <laughs> Slash um, just kill them before it yep. resolves. Yeah, I think the world fire on Ben, um, you know, we talked about. I think setting a bad precedent with the Golos ban. I think honestly, you know, it's it's kind of. I just don't think anyone's going to play Worldfire. <laughs> it's it joins a, a I, pantheon I think, of a bunch of other cards that are kind of like quote unquote toxic that people just don't play, and that there's a bunch of them that exist on the ban list already that you know people have been clamoring to just get off because. So like, the weird thing for me these. about Worldfire is that it's like so obviously 
toxic when it is played, even, like, if nobody is going to play it, where I feel like there are other cards in the ban list that, like, just end the game on the spot that aren't as terrible to play against. I don't know. It, yeah, I, did I mean, find there's a game. bunch of toxic cards that are legal already, so it's like, it's, I don't well, think for, it's For it's me, it's just, it's weird. Toxic. Like, it's weird that they unban Worldfire but keep, like, Coalition Victory banned, where, like, Worldfire yeah. produces, like, infinitely worse play patterns than Coalition well, what, what Victory. What I'm saying is, I think the precedent they're setting is that those cards are probably not long going to be staying on the I mean, it was it's just, kind of it's odd just that they specifically they... mentioned Coalition Victory and Biorhythm as, like, cards they weren't unbanning as opposed to talking about like sway or upheaval which i think are yeah, like the yeah. more comparable cards um i also i don't know that this serves as like a good test case because i think worldfire is like like just because people won't don't play worldfire assuming they don't that like doesn't mean that people won't play upheaval or sway because those are much yeah, easier yeah. to break parity on um and still miserable I guess also I like I don't see a huge value in just like taking cards off the ban list from like a I feel like they want to keep the ban list as short as is humanly possible and I guess I don't see a lot of value in that. Well, I think that's a lot of the CAG members are pro small ban list and they think that a lot of those cards should come off. I, I don't think the RC is generally like I, I think they they've got a smallish ban list because they're pretty conservative and slow about how they do things. But you know I I. I don't think they're they're trying to like shrink it down too much, even though I think that's the correct direction to go. And then lots of CAG members are advocating for that. Although apparently the CAG members were somewhat surprised by, or many of them said they were surprised by both of these decisions. Yeah, I, I heard that uh, Josh Dequai and, and Jim were both like very against um, the Golos ban. But I, I, I also, for some reason, I thought. I, I'm pretty sure I saw at least one member of the CAG say I was blindsided by the Worldfire unban. Hmm. Yeah, so, I, I think you know. it's kind of... Who knows, man? RC politics, CAG politics, you know, Twitter, CDH. I mean, that's EDH, why we play CDH, like, right? For yeah, the politics. Exactly. But uh, the... Uh, I mean, thankfully... Yeah, there, there's some... There's It's weird. It's weird that, you know, there'd be so many people so staunchly against... The Golos ban and or or taken you know by surprise with this world's fire unban on the advisory committee, people who are very well respected in the community and like you know massive voices for the people. I don't know. Seems seems a bit weird. So Let's this all... <laughs> speculate extremely in depth yes. about you know internal divisions and communication issues and we this totally all have being all the information, said. Right? Oh yeah. Um. Honestly, on in terms of CDH, I don't think any of the like ban list updates for like the last few years have actually been like net negatives for CDH. Like the Gulls ban is no. a weird one, but it's not like it doesn't particularly affect CDH that much aside from I mean specific yeah, we've players had sort nothing of crunch. But, dubs, man. but it's like nothing yeah, just like dubs. Hall Breacher ban, yeah, great. Flash ban? Awesome. Perfect. I think the Hulk unban was actually healthy. Like, it just, it required the Flash unban, their Flash ban eventually, but yeah, it happened. If that had happened like, at the same time, maybe. Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, it we it ended up being a long, protracted issue that, like, sort of required the catalyst of <laughs> Oracle to get Flash ban, but, I mean, like, I, I actually, if, from a CDH perspective, I think I actually agree with most of the things that they've done. Um, Like, maybe banning... Leovold is a rough one, and 
Benjin is a rough one, but I mean, aside from those, I don't know. Uh, Leovold Ban is fantastic. I think that's so. W. Oh, let's have this discussion again, 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 again. again. Yeah, go listen to our uh, our seventeen hour ban list epic episode free part podcast on the ban list. Remember when we thought we were going to do that in one episode? In one episode? Yeah. Oh my god, dude! Ten hours later. It was that dude. We actually could have warned the mind sculptors about their tier list episode, and we just chose not to. <laughs> I think we I was more convinced we'd get it done in two episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely one. thought we had it in two, but it took the full three. So you know, Plus anyway, a thirty minute addendum. Yeah, we do have another new development that we need to get through <laughs> before during the rest of this episode. So, um, this the weekend after, or like I guess yeah, the weekend before. Before we recorded this, uh, we, me and Morgan participated in the Commander Vault CDH tournament. Um, it's a gameplay server. Go check them out. Neat. We'll, uh, we'll link for them in the description. Um, we were told that people weren't really bringing their serious decks. Uh, and quite honestly, I don't think either of us really wanted to play the deck that would have taken it down. Which, spoiler alert, I think... I think at least I would have brought Cody at least to test the waters a bit if this was a serious tournament, but I did not feel like doing so. So, we brought some weird ones, <laughs> and Morgan did particularly well with his weird one. Yeah, so uh, I was playing Chainer Nightmare Adept, the black-red chainer, um, and I got some people with hasty necrotic gooses. I also almost managed to, to play red black control against someone who went turn one land crypt ristic study jeweled lotus Najila. We almost <laughs> got there. <laughs> so close. But sadly, not quite. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I so I, I ended up taking a Sarak. I <laughs> went 03 on the first day and just decided not to play second day. Um because my lord. <laughs> there were some rough ones there. Um, That's too bad, man. That's too bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I got I got close a couple of those Not times. expected. I did one of those games cast a damnation against a board based, uh, Casket Tana deck and a Yeva deck, who was in the mm. middle of drawing a bunch of cards. Uh, resolved said damnation, and then we still lost to Yeva because <laughs> the rest of the table didn't feel like closing up the game fast enough. Um, and I got my stuff interacted with so that. That happened, um, and then yeah. So in the finals pod, I believe it was uh, what we had. Monoda um, going first, and so Mr. Bruce on Monoda uh, again, pretty impressive. Uh, he, Mr. Bruce, actually won the last tournament before this one, uh, the playing with power, the playing with power uh, patron yeah. tournament with Monoda, um, and then made finals in this one, which was pretty great. Good stuff. Um, then I believe we had a sort of new-ish face, um, at least in the Hulk community, but Arc Lord 5 going in second with uh, Minsk. Minsk Hulk. Yeah. Got some Hulk one. rep. Love that. Love seeing that. Um, and I think, Morgan, you went third. And... No, I went last. Oh, you went last? Oh, you did go last, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we had, uh, yeah, sorry, we had... um. Was it Evolution or it was one of the it was Don Raker. lists? Don okay, Raker Don Raker. Has, um, going third, then Morgan going fourth, and uh, who'd guess that uh, Turbo Rule Law going first favors the Hulk deck? 
I would have. I would have guessed that. Yeah. What is uh, interesting about that finals though is that there were uh, four red decks, three white decks, two green decks, and only a single black and a single blue deck, which is sort of crazy. It's uh, I don't know. Maybe is Adnaz dying out as a breed? Does does Adnaz not exist online anymore? It's just all uh. <laughs> just all stack stacks. Adnaz and... is a bad card. <laughs> it's every Who everybody's wants to pl- lose every, life. Hmm. Everybody's playing on the second and third level of the meta right now, which is playing stack stacks and then the decks that beat the stack stacks, like Don Waker and uh Minsk, I guess. I don't know. Morgan, where would you position Chainer in the levels of <laughs> metagaming? I I mean the way <laughs> I have it built, it's like half anti stacks, half anti mid range, so I'm hmm. somewhere between level three and level four which is beating the stacks decks that beat the nas decks and beating the mid-range decks that beat the stacks decks that beat the nas nas decks decks. chainer isn't playing with the other kids man he's playing off his own yeah look sometimes sometimes the the stacks stacks decks aren't playing any of the grave hate yeah sometimes the stacks deck builds up a big board and then you just slap down an arc fiend of ifnir and then they cry or or you uh, play a hasty Inferno Titan and just deal with like two hate bears and slap them for six. Uh, it's a good time. True definition. Dude, the is the stack stacks. Uh, just Inferno Titan being like a legitimate card in that deck is so funny. Uh, it's just six six. That, Wait, it's funnier than Arc Fiend of Ifnir. No, because it's actually like so I don't hot. know, man. Arc Arc Fiend of Ifnir makes more sense, but like there is no real synergy with. I mean, the haste synergy is the, is the biggest synergy with Inferno Titan, but like, which is a real synergy. synergy. That's <laughs> that's a very real synergy. A six six, a six six <laughs> that does that is like it's just it's just a six six. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I mean, that being said, there are I don't know. I feel like there's a deceptively large portion of the meta that like actually sort of can't win through. A I know. Dude, resolved I played Inferno against- Titan. Like I, I think like we, we were playing a game not too long ago against yeah. Shiner where there was a result in front of Titan and it was like oh god it's like I think, I've got to drink this this is this is the only way you, I can you were on like real I think and I was on Cole yeah. and like Cole actually can't <laughs> win through result in front of Titan and real has a rough one when it can't stick <laughs> real versus like <laughs> yeah, Cole. Oh, uh, dude, Riel Riel goes from caring like too much about Inferno Titan to not caring at all if it had just one more <laughs> point of toughness. Yep. <laughs> so sad. Um, yeah, cool, cool. Anyway, good stuff um, to so, Arc Lord Five. Um, happy to see Minsk representation. I I think it's about time that Hulk comes back into force with all the rule of law stuff in the meta. So good stuff. Yeah, and on to the main topic of the show, which is again the color black in CDH. Uh, so our first thing, uh, that we're going to talk about is what does black do in CDH? And we have basically one thing written down. Uh, and that Can is... Can you guess? To... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to do, I was going to do the door of the explorer for the viewers at home. <laughs> Excellent job, everyone. You said tutors. Awesome. Yeah, no, black, black is known for, um, coming into other color combinations and giving them access to uh, extra Whatever they con- need. consistency through uh, through tutors. And then also, you know, some snazzy other little cards that we'll, we'll talk about as well. Yeah, it's a lot of, um, like, it's it's all, like, tutors, some acceleration, and then a bunch of one-offs, like, one-off type effects. Yeah. 
It's kind of both exactly the opposite of green, but also exactly the same as green. I, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's, well, it, like, it, it plays the support color very well in a similar fashion yeah, that green definitely does, the right? ultimate wingman color. Yeah. Um... But yeah, yeah I feel like I feel like green yeah. green has a bit more legs to stand on its own, where it can do a bit of lots of different things. Whereas like green is the is... ultimate redundancy, but black is the ultimate consistency. I'm, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm, those I'm, can feel the same, <laughs> but they definitely aren't the same. In they practice, definitely are not, especially when you're in fewer colors. Um, and we'll talk about that a bit later. I will say, I think uh, I'll continue this comparison through the uh the color showcase of the color series um i think out of the two support colors uh green is definitely smooth and black is definitely spiky no, i rest my case okay, okay. <laughs> okay <dude. Yeah>. sure <laughs> anyway right on man no just give me the phone number of whoever your uh <laughs> whoever your guy is okay <laughs> that plug yeah yeah um yeah so we our topic our main topic is broken down into a bunch of different categories that we're going to discuss for black. So we've got combos, key themes among cards, weaknesses, and pairings. Um, so I think you know, let's just start off with combos. What what combos does black um offer in CDH? On its own, uh, none really, <laughs> unfortunately. Um. I feel like that's Unless sort of evident. Add Nosium as a combo. Yeah, I feel you like quickly get to like the three card combos with black. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you look at any mono black deck in the format, it's all just like very commander centric and really jank win cons that only happen after you go thoroughly infinite with the rest of the stuff in the deck. What do you mean, dude? It's not a consistent <laughs> combo to have Aetherflux, Reservoir, Bolus, Citadel, Sensei's Divining Top, Cost Reducer. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, unless on, you put man. the cost Cita Citadel the top zone. might actually be the best, the best like mono black combo that you can play. Yeah. Um, like, you don't need a cost reducer, right? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. true, true, true. You just need and, and I mean, usually Citadel top is good enough to get you into like some sort of outlet for it. So, yeah. And often find Citadel top. is good sure, enough sure. to find you a top. So, like, it's like, it, you know. Half the time it's a it's a one card combo, and then half the time it's a two card combo, or half of the remaining time it's a two card combo. Then half of that remaining time there it's a three card. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, they're weird. It, it's not great. It's definitely not, um, especially uh, as opposed to run Aetherflux Reservoir is. Yeah, that's deck, that's the thing, right? Is that like I feel yeah. like you you actually just have to run Aetherflux Reservoir in your black yeah. decks to get a win con, or you're doing some blood artist stuff like Yawgmouth does. Yeah, I I think honestly the biggest issue with with the Citadel, like the reason Citadel top isn't like cleanly just the best mono black combo is because it's a lot rougher after Nas. Yeah, exactly. And like again, Nas is one of the better things to be doing is just how do you win after resolving it at Nos and Mono Black. The CD the CDC answer is uh Dark Sphere and Sickening Sickening Dreams, which is a classic. Uh, and I mean as sad as it is to say, I think there is an element of Praetor's Grasp plus either Demonic oh. Consultation or Tainted Pact being a combo. It's so cursed. You've got good odds. So cursed. It's very, very cursed, but can you imagine if, yeah, 
Grasp doesn't even color fix, so it it's definitely not. an effort too, but So we talked about the crappy combos that exist in Mono Black, but it does actually provide uh quite a few important pieces when paired with other colors. It does. Notably it is half of the console slash tainted pack package with Thoracle. Um it's half of reanimation combos. Well, you know, you reanimate Razakath mono black, but in order yeah, to actually when, do anything worthwhile, uh, you know, yeah, it's out. it's hilarious <laughs> that you can execute the entire sequence leading up to the combo in cats in mono black, yeah, yeah, but you can't do anything after that point. <laughs> like, it's like, also, just, what are you gonna sack yeah. your mem knife? Yeah, like you need, you need <laughs> like so much stuff that you just don't have. It's like, how many extra bodies do you need, and then like, what do you get with those extra bodies to actually do the thing? Actually, it is, it is, I wonder what the most concise mono black black news combo is. It's probably, or sorry, Razgeth combo. It's probably news. Like, you could go Entomb Shallow Grave. Yeah. Something, you have a hasty news, but. That also means you can't have used tons of tokens in the command I guess you could unmark Grave it. You would. You'd also need They're like really using too much brain power on something so <laughs> that we're never going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> what, dude? That's isn't that the motto of this podcast? Yeah, oh yeah, true. always. I mean, yeah, working on frog loops is is actually the most fruitless <laughs> <laughs> Sisyphusian task, you know, you could dude, imagine. But if we can if we can hash out all the loops, then maybe one day our deck will be high power again. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the last card that, uh, you know, is sort of like a half of a combo is Doomsday, uh, which, you know, works pretty great when you have blue in your deck and you can do Thoracle things. It, it also, like, it works, works okay when you have when some you have, other like, colors, red too. red or, like, green, but, again, like, you just don't have the colors to do the thing. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're in red or green with Doomsday, you kind of need to lean on your commander a lot. Yeah. Really I mean, that's not necessarily true. You just need to be able to crack the pile, which is usually a commander-centric thing. But actually, executing the piles isn't actually. Um, yeah, that you get like a uh, problem. The, you get like dual caster mage stuff. You also is get it like ransack the lab. That's like the yeah, the mill three take one. Yeah, um, it's a little man intensive. But... What, what are these? Yeah. What's, what's this pile? I'm not familiar. You get, you get like dual caster mage and Jessica's will stuff. Like you Jessica's will, and then like dual caster mage twin flame. Um, is or, or you can do like ransack the lab into world gorgers. Or yeah, something like that. Mm. Or you can do for like black green. You can do um, like you can do wither bloom stuff. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, if you <laughs> already resolved worse, your the only thing Tuesday. worse than playing. No, dude, are you kidding me? The, the the best part about Wither Bloom is you get to have them just completely die. They they go hellbent, uh, and and then you kill them. Sure, so but like with Doomsday, yeah, but you've already resolved the Doomsday. Like you're like, already yeah, you resolve. You let them resolve the Doomsday to to let them exile their entire deck, and then they you let them play their Wither Bloom and let them go hellbent, and they have nothing left. But yeah, I feel you, like you, in you the kill I feel, okay, I feel like in the Doomsdayless Witherbloom case, they're still very dead, and yes. also in the Witherbloomless Doomsday case, they're still very dead if they get interacted with. I I I don't see like that. That's massively worse either way. 
either of those combos kill you very dead when they get interacted with. So, like, when you combine them, it can't get worse. <laughs> Certainly, but I mean, at least one of them <laughs> leaves you with a deck. <laughs> yeah, but know. we're talking about Doomsday, in which case you don't have the deck anyway. So why not? Just also, go all in. Also, conceivably, you could pile... Um, you could just pile, like, a reshuffler and, and try again. Just pile, you... pile oh, yeah, Crater Crest with the bottom and... <laughs> or, just take or, someone's or, like, uh, <laughs> like, um, not the new better Crozen Reclamation. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Anyways, don't play Golgari Doomsday. That, that, that's not an endorsement. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's like one you can play it in Gitrog, and then it's just, it's not even good there. So, um, but that's the best Golgari Doomsday as far as I'm aware. Um, Cool. So, key themes among cards. Uh, you know, we said black is basically one thing, and that's tutor. Uh, so, that's our first category for <laughs> the key themes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we've got uh, lots of staples here. We've got demonic tutor, imperial seal, vampiric tutor. Um, we've got more secondary staples like diabolic intent. Um, and then we've got more. Uh, third string. I mean, I guess Praetor's Grasp could be second string. I mean, I Wish, like Wish Claw is also second Wish string Claw's at this point. Second, yeah, yeah. Wish Claw is, then, then Wish got, Claw is uh, almost like Diabolic Intent, but for Rock decks at this point. It's yeah. weird, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do I, think I do. I, I, I don't take, completely agree. But... I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, do, it's there, the take Diabolic that you don't Intent hear, to find but... like an abrupt decay or something to, or, or like you know. Or you, you could you could find like a Ristic study or fish if you really want to like you that option exists and, and that doesn't really exist when you're doing Wishclaw. Yeah, but I mean, there's also stuff that exists with Wishclaw that doesn't exist with Diabolic Intent, right? Like you can like Wishclaw and then find Chain of Vapor, Chain of Vapor back a bunch of your rocks, and then Chain of Vapor back to Wishclaw, and then reuse the Wishclaw to Dude, find other. Everyone stuff, right? knows like, you just Wishclaw for Opposition Agent <laughs> Seventeen Head. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, and then uh, also here, I've got the the I think tremendously underrated card is is Grim Tutor. Uh, I think you know I, I I've been running it in my Git Rock for like, a long time. It's just like Very you just it. in a lot of low color black decks, you just want to be able to Praetor's grasp people's Thoracles anyway, and there's usually only one yeah, slot for I, I feel like it's good. Tutor. <laughs> I feel like it's good specifically in Git Rog because. Uh, no you one's playing. You, no one's playing the cards. No one's yeah. playing the cards you want. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't interface like, with the rest of the format particularly well. <laughs> I, I think, I think like some people play Praetor's Grasp when and, and and raid higher when they could be running Grim Tutors. I think it really does depend on what you're looking to find with the Praetor's Grasp. Like if if you're only ever being like, oh, I'm only ever going to find Adnos, right? You know, if your deck has a bunch more um, things that that you know are. are more or less unique to your deck that you might want to be able to find, then Grim Tutor can be uh, really useful, um, just as a, as a better toolbox card than Praetor's Grasp. But of course, Praetor's Grasp is uh, you know doing something a bit special in terms of providing win con redundancy. So that's that. Um, I guess you know you can lump in the forbidden. We have a couple. Technically, these are sort of tutors. They, they are tutors. Uh, I'd I'd put them into the same category. Okay, so our next theme was Forbidden Tutors, um, which is the classic Tainted Pact, Demonic Consultation, and then Plunge into Spoil Darkness. Is what sort of spoils the vault, there. dude? Come on. Oh, classic spoils. 
<laughs> Dude, I played a I played a spoils deck in Conquest with Zer at the helm. So you, it was like it was like CDH Zer, but instead of getting Necropotence, you'd go swing and get on life uh, a lot of the time, and yeah. then you just consult and do whatever to win the game through that. Fun deck, nice. <laughs> anyway. Um... Yeah, the weird... yeah, so I mean that that kind of wraps up. The, 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 those are the the tutors. Um, the weird thing about the forbidden speak to those. Yeah, the weird thing about the forbidden tutors is that they're just like not good in mono black. <laughs> they're just like they're they're just combo pieces in mono black with Praetor's grasp, which is well, I mean yeah, not, not the worst. Sad. Supporting, right? I mean it's pretty supporting tainted pact on the mana base is pretty yeah. terrible. One color tainted packed yeah. mana bases, especially because a lot of the black decks really want to support Lake of the Dead. Yeah, 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 certainly. Although <laughs> it's, I was just gonna make a joke about you know, ain't nobody playing back to basics and Blood Moon, but you know, people are starting to play those again, so uh, or at least can, a bit. Oh god, uh, we can get into that in another episode. I just, I so don't agree with the uptick in Blood Moon play, it's just, it's so bad right now. Anyway, I mean, I think it's better than it was when Flash was legal, but <laughs> that's not exactly setting off. Definitely suffers from the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, all I'm saying is that you can wizard cycle for your Magus of the Moon, okay? And that's I mean, it doesn't uh, that even pretty good to me. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's in some sense though, it suffers from a worse problem, which is that like the problem with Flash legal is that somebody just has to make a blue man and they cast Flash and nobody else can interact with them. Now it's just everybody has artifact mana they can cast with their red mana to fix and then they just also have Dockside. So, yeah, just so many of the decks in the format can just play through Blood Moon with no problem. Well, like, the thing is, is that Dockside doesn't have to make 12 treasures, right? <laughs> but if you're playing Blood Moon, it definitely does. I mean, I think that there are lots of decks that people just put Blood Moon into as, like, a weird pivot that it doesn't fit in. But I think that there are, like, you could certainly, you know, Blood Moon decks with Collector Roof in them is, like, yeah. something I can get behind. It's just hard to make those cards fit in decks right now because Gruel is pretty underpowered in the grand scheme of things. And then in order to anyway. make those those colors get powered up, you have to you end up going to like four colors. You could like, play them both in Minsk. Why am I playing? Why am I playing Blood Moon? Yeah, head? but in Minsk you're not you're not doing Blood Moon shenanigans. You're just deading the table on turn three with a pattern of rebirth. Um. Anyway, yeah. so we we said Black does basically one thing, and that's tutor. So what what's even left for the key themes among cards? Um, a history of bro of uh, wizards printing broken cards in either sets from twenty years ago or individual ones that didn't think would be broken in recent history. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Did I did I get all <laughs> the things pretty, that we're about to talk pretty, about? <laughs> pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Then segue. Bring bring it. Bring us into it. Rita. Sure. Let's great. Go. Um. So I mean, one of those things that they've moved out of they moved out of black a long time ago, but we got enough of to be dumb still are the rituals in black. Um. It's a lot of fast mana left over in black from ye old days. Uh. You know, dark ritual, cabal ritual, calling the weak, bunch of other stuff. Um. More niche rituals, all that good stuff. Um. Yeah, I mean, Black's one of the... Sacrifice. It's one of the... Sacrifice, burnt Sacrifice, offering. burnt offering. Um, Cut, actually, called? cards that I can say are relevant. No. Reign of Filth. <laughs> that Bubbling kind of Muck, dude. Huge. Bubbling, Bubbling Muck. Absolutely yeah. huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Black, already... Black is one of the two colors that you go into for fast mana. 
in the format. Um, obviously, I think unfortunately red's a bit more of that at this point because the red has the best like acceleration to tutor for in exactly dockside or i guess jessica's will sometimes uh black is the color that you play just to have like a density of good acceleration um yeah i don't know Any, anything else on rituals no that's um, pretty good i mean you know, i think for a, while, for a while they were like it seemed that they were moving away from black as the uh, ritual color, but I mean, it's kind of being snuck in and through uh, through cards like uh, Calling Ritual, too. Yeah, I think also, like, um, one thing that's worth noting is that not only are the black rituals um, just, like, better on rate than, like, the newer, generally red rituals, but also... Uh, they make black mana, not red mana, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of big a lot of the time. Um, and, I, I mean, historically, we've also seen things like chaining them with uh, Yawgmoth Will. Obviously, that's fallen a little bit out of favor, um, primarily with the advent of Underworld Breach just kind of being a better Yog Will, um, which is such a... I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> yeah. that sentence, but uh, but, like... Yeah, that that certainly historically has been uh, a decently big thing as well. Um, yeah, so I think I think that's it for ritual. I, although I will say, like I was saying with um, calling ritual, it is it is interesting that they it seems like they might be going back to uh, black for rituals. Um, uh, I I think honestly, they're like putting some in the space, but I think red is still the primary ritual color in like modern design. I just thought they were completely done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see some more uh, black ritual stuff in the future. I'm not necessarily um, saying I love like culling ritual as a card, but I definitely like that idea of uh of like uh using your ritual as like a payoff for the card doing something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 pretty in line with the theme for Golgari based rituals like squandered resources and that. Uh, Stupid RL one that lets you exile cards from your hand to make mana. Oh, um, card cadaverous. No, card cadaverous bloom. Yes. Cadaverous bloom. Cadaverous bloom. Yeah. Cadaverous bloom. yeah. Cap bloom. Um, yeah. God. So like they're trading cards from your hand. That sacking card lands, is that card is so busted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, it's, wait, uh, it's reserve list. Yeah. I want to. Yeah, I want to go black. I want to go nice. back and play a cadaverous bloom deck and. CDH again. I, I had one at one point with Trading Grounds, Thrasios, Cat Bloom. You just, you just, you just <laughs> loot through cool. your entire deck, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty hard. And then you hit lands and you're like, wait, no. You can exile oh, lands to them, can't you? What? Yeah. But you can't draw them with Thrasios? Oh, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> it works. Like some, some details, man. These <laughs> details, details. Details. Small details. details. Yeah. So he's a big picture thinker, okay? Um... <laughs> So that's it for rituals. Um, and this is our next category is reanimation, uh, which I think is beside outside of tutoring. I mean, you know, honestly, tutoring isn't even, isn't that interesting. Reanimation is the coolest aspect of black. I think it's really um, the most yeah, unique aspect of black. Yeah, very, very, very um, thematic, very interesting, and I, I I like that there is a home for it in cdh i mean it's weird to say that you know i'm like you know razaketh exists blah 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 lots of things do use reanimation world gorger 
but I I like that it's something that you know it's such a cool aspect of sixty card or cube, um, just a, a very classic iconic archetype, and it's cool that something like that gets to uh, find its way into CDH. I don't know, just, in the uh, weird twisted way that it fun. does. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really it definitely isn't <laughs> yeah. like full reanimation. Yeah. I, I find that like. Especially with large creatures in general, like you kind of want them to win the game <laughs> when I mean, they resolve. I feel that's like not necessarily like the classic reanimation. I, I mean, it like weirdly, I feel like it's not the the true classic reanimation. It's kind of now the classic reanimation, or at least it has been since uh, Grizzlebrand was printed. Twelve. <laughs> that's when Grizzlebrand yeah. was printed, right? Yeah. Um, and now like like Legacy Reanimator decks is just like, all right, I'm gonna play a grizzle brand and reanimate it and then i'm gonna like unmask you or slash grief yeah. you like three times and then yeah fair <laughs> and then reanimate yeah, another about, thing about cube where it's like i don't know cube is pure is cube and mid edh are like the purest form but like even a lot of cube reanimator decks try and just like reanimate grizzle brand and dead their opponent really quick like yes you you put in other targets um and like try and you know kill with like sometimes you reanimate like iona or whatever it is but like grizzlebrand is still often the primary reanimate target that a reanimator deck is trying to get and then well, they do some stormy stuff this might be the answer that nobody wants to hear but wizards may have created the actual real reanimator deck in modern recently through modern horizons 2 no with the archon yeah with archon and the persist on Markgrave. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's I. It might be the fairest reanimator deck in any format right now. How much is that Archon going for now? I know it was like a dollar for a while. It's crazy. It's like a mythic, and it's like a bomb ass mythic too. I can't believe it's Archon of cruelty. How much is it right now? Let's check. Uh, it is ten-ish dollars. Yeah, ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Getting the respect it deserves. Card's sick. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, the there's another actually another really super flavorful and cool sub theme in uh, black, which is stealing your opponent's shit. <laughs> just taking it <laughs> just all, absolutely yeah. taking it, man. Yeah, so you've got uh, Gonti, Op Agent, <laughs> um, Raiders Grass. Yeah, not not from play, but definitely from deck mostly. Uh, why, I mean, why is Gonti on this list? By the way, like, why it, did it you definitely read take your opponent's first? stuff? I definitely put Gandhi on this list <laughs> yeah. as a meme and put it under the subheading so that you'd read the other ones first. And then you're just like, no, you just take stuff like Gandhi, you know, the, the classic. The classic CDH All-Star Gandhi, man. What do you mean? Food Chain Gandhi is a great deck, right? Right? Yeah, what is what is I the have, best have meme to... Food Chain deck for the, for the degenerate Food Chain mirror? I mean, I feel like Gandhi's the most flavorful in that it actually like can theoretically snipe a food chain as well as serve as an outlet right. but obviously like one's in more color like Jaleva's probably just better because you get to play Jaleva not Gonti and also you get like Squee and Mist Hologriffin if you want them and, yeah and you get like uh, you could do like weird stuff with like Steel Enchantment and like counter their Caster Maxile and Steel Enchantment the food chain and go off ah yes <laughs> oh yes or play Commandeer. Uh, oh, yeah. Dude, it, oh, man, if Flash was still league, you can flash in an Aura Thief and take a food chain. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> also, you get to play Brain Freeze, so if you can't steal yeah, their... That is, uh, yeah, that is very true. <laughs> you can't steal their food chain in time, you just Brain Freeze them. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's then, just, it's it, yeah. this is one of the, that's that's the that's one of the categories that just gets like the weird one-off ones every once in a while. It, like, it's not really a persistent identity in black, but it, like, it's well, maybe it is persistent. It's just like maybe it's persistent but not consistent. Uh, I think usually there's lots of blue. There's there's quite a few blue black things that that do. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's primarily in the that, blue black right? color combination, but black also just like. Every once in a while, it gets one of those things, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think it's a theme among CDH black cards, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a black theme in general. Mm. But I mean, it is. It is just. It's a powerful effect. People. It's a powerful effect, and randomly, like, just very useful. You're like, man, I don't want to put crappy cards in my deck. But other people put crappy cards in their deck. Trainer's grasp. I can turn two (laughs) Thassa's oracles, and one of those, you know, a tutor for like Adnaz, and like, that's pretty sick. Um, It it is. They definitely. Those effects definitely get a lot better in CDH, where the like 99 of decks are a lot more homogenized than in 60 card formats, where it's likely that you'll be able to find a thing that you're looking for in any given game. Also, with just like more targets at the table, there's just a higher percent of the time that somebody's playing a relevant deck for you to steal from. Yeah, and then like Op Agent also just like puts the fear of God into people. Oh, if yeah. You're, if you're playing like a like a, a deck with not a, a not a high amount of redundancy or like like one specific card, like you could, if you're playing Gitrog or something, and like you you're casting the monitor, you're like, yeah. well, they have the Op Agent, they could just take me out of the game if they really wanted to. You know, it's <laughs> sorry, man. I really need that I mean, land drop. Really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really need to play this tapped, bes- like <laughs> absolutely bog that doesn't <laughs> exile a graveyard. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so there's that. We've got uh, two more categories left. Uh, we've got creature removal slash mass removal, um, <laughs> uh, and it's interesting because this category is definitely one that actually doesn't get utilized too much. I would say yeah, a potent category, a category that does not does not get utilized. Yeah, I mean, definitely some of it gets utilized, but it's not necessarily a staple in a lot of decks that that might be though just because this gets overwritten by the multicolored versions of these effects a lot of the time yeah any single target removal in black one first of all it's just it kind of sucks <laughs> you're you're, <laughs> well, you're only uh, wanting to run like one drop removal they're, because they're at two mana you're like looking at doom blades <laughs> it's like that's not happening and at and then you're looking at like dismember ulcerate fatal push and you're like what am I doing, man? <laughs> What's going on? So it you're running does, uh, uh, Deadly Rollick or something. Yeah, it does have, like, the good free removal for creature removal. Like, you have, like, Snuff Out, which isn't terrible. Ew. You have... That's pretty bad. You have, you have Rollick, which is, like, by far the best free one. I mean, Slaughter Pact yeah. has historically seen play in some stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, that being said, Slaughter Pact certainly doesn't add Snuff Out to another degree definitely doesn't stop the issue with which a lot of black decks have which is an opposing yeah. op agent but you know um but yeah i mean the the mass removal is probably something that you see more of in black certainly deluge is still a card that sees play and i don't think it'll ever stop seeing play until we see like I think a two mana rest. historically low play right and I currently think people need to start bringing it back yeah i mean uh, yeah, maybe not it's just in like in this current current moment but i think in the, this past year or so I've, I've seen just historically low amounts of toxic deluge yeah it's just which, it's a good card you know, but as stacks and creature based decks are, are coming back into favor 
It's kind of wild. That being this, said, this card that's, used to be, that's sort of another one that gets you know, crept a bunch by the multicolor thing, because Fire Covenant is definitely a hot one and solves a lot of the issues that a lot of decks have with Toxic Dale use. Namely, it kills your own, like, X commander. Yeah. Kills your own Krom. I think, I think the one thing with mouth. Fire Covenant, though, is is if people are worried about stacked decks, you know, or, or someone being the beatdown, uh, Fire Covenant, or you're trying to, like, also play Nas or, you know, take advantage of your life, and Fire Covenant can be extremely costly. Yeah, like if definitely. you're trying to take down a board of Winota. Yeah, right? you've been like, slapped you... for like yeah. 15, and then you're like, I can pay 15 life to wipe the board. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's a bit, bit rough. Um, yeah, uh, I think Toxic Dealer should, should, you know, see a bit of resurgence. But uh, yeah, as Reed was saying, a lot of times a single target removal gets, you know, put to the wayside in favor of things like Abrupt Decay and Assassin's Trophy when going to uh, more colors. Or unfortunately enough, Swords to Plowshares and then color combinations that have white. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, so on to our final category, and I think our listeners have probably guessed what sort of, <laughs> sort of stuff we, uh, we got going on here. This is this category is Mass Cards. Card Advantage, whatever. And, and this is... Uh, this is almost what defines, I mean, we, we, I guess consult, like along with consult, you've got ad nauseum as perhaps the two most defining cards in CDH. So while, while black, um, you know, can have a lot of individual weaknesses being in, in terms of being a mono color, um, it's definitely more of a supporting, uh, supporting, uh, role player. The, it, it's crazy just how much, of the metagame is commanded by black cards and, and built around black cards. Uh, ad nauseum really do be something else though. Yeah, it's card. <laughs> it's a common thread of every CEH discussion. Please, is it a card or is it actually 20 cards in a trench coat? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 30 if you're playing Cody. Um, yeah, I mean, it, like, black, it's just, it's weird. We'll talk about this more in weaknesses, but black can find the thing that draws in a lot of cards really well, and it can cast the thing that draws in a lot of cards really well, and then it doesn't really do anything with the cards that are true. Yeah, just <laughs> the black cards you get from that <laughs> do what you want. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's so hilarious, because you could, like... All of Black's good cards are the getting to the big thing, but none of its good cards are doing the thing after yeah. the big thing. If you wanted to describe it positively, you say it's a wingman. If you wanted to describe it negatively, you could say it's just an enabler. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, how do, how, how would I put it? It's like a, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it just can't finish <laughs> just gets like right up to the line and can't get there without some extra help yeah uh we've also got necropotence and peer into the abyss in this category um also good cards necropotence ne necropotence definitely taken um somewhat of a backseat uh used to be a lot more popular than it is now i think it's got a bit of a resurgence around it though i know a lot of um it, like it used to be just every single black deck slotted necropotence. Uh definitely not the case anymore. Um P 
appear into the abyss ever since it was printed people are like oh my god it's the second coming of adnaz and it just so totally isn't <laughs> it's just <laughs> how I, many times have you guys misdirected or swatted a appearance of this you know every time feels so good i haven't done it personally uh, but i've seen a lot of it and also i just yeah i feel like there's a lot of hype around this initially and then people are just like wait why why are we doing this and not just tutoring for adnaz like what is what are we it's doing funny here? how you know putting half your deck into your hand is so much more powerful than adnaz but then you're looking at a card you're like well this is more mana can't be done at instant speed draws cards which is a downside and then also targets which is just downside i mean um, i also think it's like uh, it's not that much more powerful than adnaz in like a real sense because there's very much diminishing returns yeah like like drawing the difference between drawing 20 cards and drawing 40 cards is like actually pretty small all things considered or maybe not 20, or like, mm. you know, 30 and 50, or like yeah, whatever yeah. the numbers yeah. are. Yeah. I was going to say, 20, 20 to 40 is actually probably I think I think drawing deck. 20 cards wins you the game. Like, if your deck is built to win the game off that, I think drawing 20 cards wins you the game most of the time, or almost all of the time. Obviously, the fact that Ad Nauseam, like, it scales down faster as you take damage is, is like, I think more of a real downside, but like Adnaz decks nausing from forty ish life win. Like Yeah. So so Certainly drawing ten or fifteen extra card drawing ten or fifteen extra cards is not actually particularly uh relevant in a lot of those cases. So that wraps up the well, discussion sorry, on the themes I think of black cards. The other oh, okay, the other card that we were missing for mass cards is also just like Citadel and other stuff of that kind. Like we named the big three, but there's also just like a bunch of Ancillary. Phyllis, technically. Phyllis. Yeah. Dude, good old Null Profusion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great one. Everybody's gone silent, but they know it's up. Man, it's a good thing we didn't we've, just we've move on to the next Sarah category. Deck? Yeah. Because otherwise we wouldn't have had a chance to talk about Null Profusion. Yeah, we wouldn't have. Was... And Null Profusion is a hot card. I don't know what to say. Linden, could you transition us, please? <laughs> yeah. So up next, we're going to be talking about the weaknesses of Black. Um, and black as a color in CDH definitely, uh, is not short on weaknesses. Uh, Matt, why don't, why don't, why don't you so, kick things off? Yeah, um, anything that isn't a creature and sticks around, non-creature permanence, black has an enchantment removal spell. <laughs> an it's... enchantment removal spell. <laughs> <laughs> an enchantment and, it's, removal and it's a spell. sorcery for two minutes. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> And you take damage for doing it, so just all around not great. <laughs> Matt, do you know how many how many cards remove yeah, artifacts in Model Black? As far as I care, zero. Mm. Reasonable gate, answer. Gate to Phyrexia, uh, it is yeah, it is two. Like... Yeah, there's Gate to Phyrexia, and then there's uh, oh, I forget what it's called now, but it's, it's a sorcery three mana sorcery sack two creatures destroy target artifact. <laughs> nice. Jesus. Hey, what about the colorless ones? Huh? Scour from existence and introduction to annihilation. Let's go. Dude, intro to annihilation. Popper Spine of Ishsa. Um Ugin. Dude, Ugin's great. Ugin. <laughs> oh wait, Ugin's not artifact removal. It so actually right? I mean, just is just... terrible artifact yeah. removal. Uh, dude, universal solvent and uh 
that three drop rock that also has that text on it. I mean, Ugin is great citadel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so non creature permanence. What else we got? Uh, yeah, next I guess we have the stack. <laughs> it doesn't really do anything at instant speed by itself. Yeah, it's a weakness shared by almost every color except for blue. I mean, yeah, but yeah, the other, I mean, the other colors have like effective ways of working past that in a lot of senses. Um, certainly, like green and red have the closest analogs to counter spells in their colors with like. Veil and how dare you wither wither veil like red swats. Yeah, I mean, I also I also think that the important cards in black tend to be of more counterable types. Like certainly compared to green, right? Oh yeah, like the good green cards are often creatures, which are just a lot harder to counter. Um, and even red, like when we you know in our red episode, by far you know the best cards in red are are Dockside, which is, again, a creature, and, like, Underworld Breach. Enchantments are more counterable than creatures, but there's still, like, a decent amount of interaction that sees play that just doesn't hit enchantments. Yeah, Black is generally better at playing to the board, but when it's playing to the, like, playing to, to things in play, it is still restricted, generally, by just um, being creatures. What it can do. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the... The thing with uh, Black's weakness here in CDH with the stack, or just like interaction, like interaction with non-creature types, I guess in general, is that it's usually shored up in one v one formats with discard like Thoughtseize, Inquisition, because like Duress, that kind of stuff. But the fact that it's a four-player format makes them a lot worse in this format to the degree that they're like almost unplayable in anything aside from Mono Black or things that like sometimes actively want to point the discard spells themselves so you just like end up with sort of like the way that black does interact historically is sort of gutted in the format and it doesn't really have anything to replace that with yeah it's definitely like uh something that you know you might not consider when you think about when you compare like flex tools from from other formats uh and also, the lack of sideboard means that, like, the narrow pieces that you do have access to, it's still, like, a commitment to run them. Yeah. M much more than it is in other formats. I mean, thankfully, Feed the Swarm does also remove creatures when needed, but <laughs> it's it's definitely a commitment. So it's not totally unplayable, it's, not it's just entirely really unplayable. It's just not good. <laughs> have to say you're not doing a great sales job you know what i honestly wasn't trying to mono black's pretty horrendous <laughs> so a couple more weaknesses we have here are non mass draw um which eh, it's like yeah i get it but at the same time this is a weakness of basically every color ah uh, um, yeah what's the what's the line with like non mass draw because I mean, so like if we're talking like, about preordain, like not a lot of people are really playing. It's not even draw, just selection. Yeah, like it, I, I, I guess mean, I, I guess card Black selection does not would have be the. Grind. It also doesn't have I mean, many like. Yeah, it has confidant. Yeah. 
That's it's it. like the Phyrexian arenas, which are like fine in this format, but aren't really super comparable to what other things are doing. I mean, I also, I think fine is like probably overselling, like most of those. Oh effects. yeah, anything uh, that's not Bob. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like Bob is fine. Mindblade Render is like maybe okay. The three mana ones, but like three mana is a lot especially for, like, how slow they tend to be. Yeah. And when you're in mono black, like, it's not like you can play, like, just easily play a turn two off a dork. Um, so, yeah, like, certainly I don't, I don't think, like, mono black decks very, definitely don't tend to be grindy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's also, that's just because their proactive tools are just, like, orders of magnitude stronger than their grind tools so like it doesn't necessarily mean that like bob is a bad card in a vacuum i mean it's not great right now and i i think it's probably gonna continue to get worse over time as like more efficient stuff gets printed but certainly it's not terrible but it's definitely just that like again the proactive elements of black are just so much stronger than the grind stuff you have like really good rituals really good tutors pretty good payoffs yeah. I've been I've been getting, I've been pretty low on Bob recently. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a bunch of people are cutting it. Especially, I think what I actually put the nail in the coffin that I'm not sure everybody really saw coming was actually just Esper Sentinel. Yeah, I mean that's much yeah, better. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, better the thing is, I'm not even sure that it is better than Bob, but you can Ranger Captain for it, which apparently is very relevant. It's so much better than Bob. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Uh, <laughs> Bob, Bob versus Esper Sentinel. There is almost no time. Like there, there are very specific cases where I'd want Bob over Esper Sentinel. But you know, if I can have one of the one of the two in my opening hand, I'd almost always rather have Esper Sentinel. Sure, it's just like opening hand, yeah, hundred percent. But I, yeah, I feel like hand, okay, okay, even in the mid or late game, even, I'd still yeah, rather draw like, Esper um, Sentinel than draw Bob. I'm not sure about that, but anyway. Like maybe confidant's nice if you're playing last. It's Bob's nice to get the guaranteed card every turn cycle in the mid game, but yeah. I I even think that's uh, I the reason why I'm low on it is I I think it's just very overrated. I, I think the amount of cards you get from Bob is just it needs to be a lot for that card to be uh, worth it yeah. at two mana and how slow it drip feeds the cards. Um, and having no other impact, you know, at least Esper Sentinel, even if you aren't drawing cards, you're impacting the game by taxing your opponents. Um, but yeah, so we have that, uh, non-mass card draw. Uh, and then who wrote consistency? Because we dis we said that the defining feature of Black is tutors, which are, uh, and, and Black has the generic tutors. So just infinite redundancy in terms of generic cards in your deck. Why is that I feel like an issue it, for consistency in black? I feel like it's not so much consistency as it really is uh, resiliency is the what it should actually be. Like, based on, you know, what we've been talking about. The, who put it down? I, I Isn't the word... I feel like rather than re resiliency, we're talking about redundancy. I mean, I think redundancy yeah. is a part of resiliency. Sure. Oh, I kind of see it the the other way. So, so no, no one's gonna own up to putting down a consistency. Okay, okay. I wonder if it got no. like slotted under the wrong heading by mistake because yeah, like clearly tutors are 
almost definitionally consistency. Cool. See, listeners, we're not we're not the perfect podcasters you all thought we were. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. Either I know that we've got this reputation <laughs> of being <laughs> of being flawless, super well put together and organized. Um, do but, we have you that know, reputation? <laughs> yes, Morgan. Of course we do. Oh, so cool. nice. It's it's either that or this entire segment gets cut, and we are just actually the most perfect podcast on the planet. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how I feel when I'm editing this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Our okay. our final category and weaknesses is winning the game, uh, and we kind of touched on that earlier, where Black just has a complete lack of uh, good wind conditions. Uh, despite... We really tried our best to have more than one bullet point under combos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so that brings us to our last uh, category, which is color pairings. So how, do, how does black being paired with different colors of the color pie um, shore up its weaknesses, um, you know, improve its strengths? How do they synergize together? Um, what what do they they each uh, provide? So first up on our list is black white. Um, Morgan, I'm gonna throw this to you because <laughs> I, you're you're the only one out of us I know who's played Orzov. Oh boy, you we're we're going Orzov in CDH. Oh no, no okay. you just played not Orzov CDH. Just... <laughs> uh, so so I think that I think that black white um, is pretty comfortably the worst uh the worst of these color combinations because both black and white are tend to be like very support colors um and they're also polar opposite in how they do that supporting (laughs) yeah and they're they're polar (laughs) opposite in how they do that support um i think we mentioned this in the uh it was either in our color tier list when we were talking about abzan or it might have actually been in the green episode where like um like green actually glues together black and white very very well um because like what white gives you access to is like this sort of more like staxy hate bear type plan um i mean you have like cards like rancher captain and grand abolisher are like more applicable in fast decks but then you know being able to play like you know some of the slower cards i mean i think Dranith magistrate also is good in a lot of them, but if you yeah. want to try and support, like, Rule of Laws, or, um, or, you know, Thalia's, or, or and, like, Thorn, and that sort of stuff, um, potentially, like, the Enters the Battlefield hate, uh, there's, like, a lot of, there's a lot of, sort of, game slowing down, stop your opponents from winning, everyone lets chill effects in white, um, that it can sort of throw into a deck to round it out, um, but, when you look at mono black, like it's sort of all speed all the time, like tutor your win cons, cast them, uh, and just like go, go, go. And white doesn't really enable that very well. And there just aren't enough like adding adding black to white feels a lot better because of where you're starting from. Like you could just play a white deck and just like throw in some tutors you know an opposition agent a douthy and just just kind of call it a day but like if you are talking about a more primarily uh like when you're looking at the strengths of black um you're really only taking advantage of one of them i will say it also uh 
tends to like it does give you slightly more reasonable um Brazaketh lines because you get the um you can you can set up the old um like relic order relic combos order. and you also get uh, I believe it's called Leonin Squire. Uh, I mean, which is the also just Luris. Oh yeah, I guess Luris. <laughs> yeah, you just get the Luris. Yeah. Never mind. You <laughs> get the last Luris two now because Luris. They, yeah. they printed that card. Uh, yeah, so Leonin, you can Leonin Squire is also. Correct. It is also. <laughs> Leonin yeah. Squire was the really, really bad Eternal Witness substitute that you had to play to do Lion's Eye Diamond shenanigans in in Sans Green Razaketh. But of course, yes, they printed. Luris, and so you can play Luris to do the same thing where you reanimate Luris, play the LED, crack it, uh, sack Luris, find another reanimate, and repeat to net the mana to enable your combo. Um, and you can also theoretically go into Bomberman stuff. Um, I think so. It does provide like a little bit more uh, on the win con front. <laughs> I think the, um, the unfortunate part about that is also I Timna. Think... Timna's a hell of a card. Yeah. The issue with the white Razaketh lines is I think <laughs> white actually gives the least in terms of Razaketh lines to black, though. Like, I think blue, red, and green all give better Razaketh lines, or enable Razaketh I think, I mean, fashion. blue gives a better line, but it does less to enable it. Because white decks tend to play sure. more creatures than, like, blue-black decks tend to be extremely creature light. Yeah, sure. Speaking of blue-black... Uh, that's our next color pairing. Uh, and if, you know, listeners of the show re- uh, can recall back to our uh, color tier list episode, uh, this was the highest ranking um, two color combination. Uh, and for a very good reason, these two colors are basically the peanut butter and jelly of uh, <laughs> CDH. They bring out the uh, i don't even i don't think it's it's necessarily inherent to the colors and and that they mesh particularly well uh, as much as the power of thassa's oracle and the consultation provided by black even even then like even if you took thoracle away from this color combo it's still really good um oh it definitely still get like you have like your scepter combos become way more accessible uh you can still do consult stuff with like Labman and Jace. Um you like there are like commander centric combos that like actually start working when you add black into it. Yeah, but if you take away the um the Thoracle or, or, or Labman effect, the um it it becomes less, you know super clear that it's it's far and away heads and shoulders, like the best two color combination compared mm. to the rest it, it brings it back in line um but yeah it as it stands the fact that you have access to those and then you you fix blue's problem of of consistency uh with you know the the tutors um you get additional speed from black and then blue provides you with just a whole lot of card quality and interaction well it's, uh, it's definitely like yeah I feel like the biggest thing, the biggest gains here for Black are the stack interaction and the win cons. It's just like it it patches up the like the major major holes in Black, and they just yeah they just fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, uh, we've got 
Breed. Black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, no, you can't. You threw me off with saying black blue because I was definitely prepared to do black blue. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought you were just going to lead with all the time. Anyway, yeah. Black, red. Um, and this is kind of a our first point in this. It's kind of a point we have for all of the colors. It's, it, it helps fix some stack in, stack interaction, which, uh, you know, you get SWAT, pyro, reb. You like actual, like a bunch end. of the misdirection effects. Um, I mean, the forks you also get access to, which are sort of counter magic. Which, uh, yeah, but I mean, they they're not really played in black red decks. Um, actually, I think like there's actually a small crowd who is playing them and who have played them historically. Like, I I think it's been in and out of Grenzo for like however long that's been a thing and also is like they're like they're in the like 110 Even cards heyday of grenzo they were very fringe yeah i'm sorry i'm not saying these are super popular but like you have access to stuff that helps protect that helps protect you on the stack in red like you have to go deep for some of it but it's certainly there if you need it whereas like black your protection is actually just like imps mischief and defense grid <laughs> I yeah, mean, arguably, Mischief, Mischief uh, is better than Fork. Oh, or, probably, but it, like, it's the one that I mean, you have as compared but, like, to. Is it Fork can than, copy tutors and add knobs. Is it better than Mischief Burnout, though? Yeah. Or like Overmaster? Yeah, Burnout. Like, Overmaster, yeah, no, I know, but like those are also some, you know, some of yeah. the, the deeper options in red if you're like really trying to do that. I'm definitely not trying to make the case that just that it's that being said, arguably better than forks speaking uh, of overmaster i mean it's um because red also tutor. because red also provides you with reasonable kind of adnos payoffs overmaster makes a bit of sense to protect your adnos it definitely definitely does also Which, think about yeah. it Linden. you fork a demonic tutor and then you just get opposition agent huge dude huge <laughs> yeah for, forking demonic tutors and bad nozzles and stuff is definitely uh very it's pog, hot as the kids <laughs> would say <laughs> uh yeah so what what else does red provide for black because it is more than just pyroblasts oh and, it's so and, much more uh, no got got into a got into it a bit there it provides much better win conditions so in the form of breach world world gorgeous dragon which i think we may have brought up in the reanimation point but um like actual winning reanimation targets uh and dual caster being kind of a payoff for having a lot of red mana um but then also being able to assemble it easily with like adnos yeah world gorgeous dragon um reanimation is definitely a win con that i've kind of been pretty high on for a while i mean it's definitely it's like it's it's fragile but it is Grenzo, one of the f- it wasn't it wasn't being played it's it's not wither bloom fragile but no, no like it's read, read you, you and i discussed this right we're, we're both very pro yeah it's like it's uh, it's certainly it's a fragile thing but like it is like actually unbelievably fast like world order dragon combos are some of the fastest things you can actually be doing in the format which is like sort of unreal like in tomb reanimate is black black win the game two cards yeah. like that's it kind of that's a better that rate in yeah. tomb animate that it's oh sure it but it kind of like, feels like that like a razaketh win but you don't need any of the like creature yeah i need the setup 
requirements, any of the setup. But it's obviously way less. Uh, and also, you resilient. know what? You can draw the game sometimes, and sometimes <laughs> drawing the game is better than a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Rip. Cool. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And finally, read. Yeah, I mean, it, it also. Final color pair. Oh, well, I was going to go through the last point on black red oh, um, first here sure, which is also sure, that sure. like along with having like additional win cons uh sort of like helping shore up the stack interaction issue um red also just adds heavily to black's ritual suite um red has taken up the mantle of the ritual color uh in magic over the past what 10 years 15 years 10 years something like that um and has gotten a fair <laughs> amount of good acceleration you got a uh, spirit guide you got Dockside, you got Jessica's Will, you got just some good stuff um, to help you get off the ground. So, you know, it it definitely shoves that color combination toward fast stuff because good win cons, defensive stack interaction, good rituals. It's just, you know, the makings of proactive things. Mm-hmm. And then you're up for the final. Yeah, pairing. so... Uh, Last one we got here is black green. Uh, we talked about this a bit on the uh, green episode. I guess we also talked about black red on the black red episode, but um, yeah, this is it's a weird one. I'm not actually sure that it's changed that much since we talked about the green episode. It like the only, I think the only aspect of this that has actually really changed has been the printing of op agent, which last time we talked about this color combination. Uh, in the green episode, go check it out. Uh, our complaint was that the green creature tiers didn't really have any. The like black didn't add any creatures for green to go tier for. Um, I mean, we also got Douthy. We also did get Douthy. Maybe it also has Douthy, which I think is like not just a joke. No, 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 no. <laughs> genuinely yeah. good to tutor for. It is actually, yeah, especially in this color combination, Douthy actually might be one of the better grind plans. Um, yeah, so like you certainly get better creatures now to tutor for um but yeah i mean green yeah i it, so it also sort of solves the stack problem or at least it gives you some more protective elements um obviously the veils are the classics you also get like destiny spinner which is sort of good um unfortunately black green doesn't really use spinner all that well aside from specifically gitrog i think i don't know Gitrog doesn't use spinner. Yeah, it also doesn't yeah, doesn't use spinner particularly well. So he uses Shepherd. Um, Shepherd's also here, which like it's sort of Shepherd adds... is insane and Gitrog. It is insane but it's in Gitrog, really but it's just, just more of a, weird because of green. Yeah, <laughs> Shepherd Shepherd does things for green. Yeah, and you know as much as like if black provides stuff for green and makes it better, then you know it just makes Shepherd more playable in in that yeah. sense. But you know Shepherd and and black cards don't really interact at all. Um, also part of solving the interaction issue is like giving black real removal and black giving green real removal they just come together real well and make some good removal babies yeah best best um best color combination for for removing things uh in play yeah for sure um uh, it's really assassin's good. trophy abrupt decay awesome catch-all pieces Jeez, yeah. like actually insane removal pieces and then like even once you get like further down the line in some pieces of removal it like it's it's expensive for cdh but they're all just like good cards maelstrom pulse um what's it called the other three mana one putrefy um 
the grist grist is yeah, nice for, grist. for providing a way to grist uh, remove is nice, creatures yeah. by turning all of your uh, creature tutors into removal a uh, creature removal spells good old pernicious spells. deed the classic. kind of has a problem in the fact that you kind of want to be killing the opposition agent <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, in get wrong you definitely want to be killing the uh, draneth magistrate as well draneth yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and then i mean black green also it's it's sort of weird it probably gives the second worst win cons to black out of uh all of them like white doesn't really give black any win cons i don't think um green at least gives it <laughs> the recently printed withered bloom prentice and chain of smog which is is not good it but it it's hulk. playable it also gives it hulk hulk's a weird one just because it's like sort of commander centric i also like i uh, it's hard for me to place hulk in these kinds of lists because i like i actually don't think hulk is that good of a win con to get in these colors without the you context of the command the commander. yeah it, like it needs the context of commander with, but... Yeah. But, like, the color itself doesn't really do much with Hulk. Like, Hulk's a very mediocre combo in just black-green without a commander. Um, I would definitely... If if I had to play a commanderless black-green deck in this format, my win con of choice would probably be Witherbloom, Apprentice, and Chain of Smog. Or doing, like, Razaketh stuff. Which it also does give. I mean, you get Life, Death, and Eternal yeah, Witness, I think it which would be gives Razaketh you stuff. <laughs> like very reasonable Razaketh setups. Obviously, the actual closing the game out part of it gets a bit tricky, but you have all the good setup stuff, and you can usually piece together a win off of cats and these colors, even if it is a bit more protracted than just going for uh, Thoracle and Sack Thoracle for Consult, <laughs> which is still just so dumb. Anyway... <laughs> I also th think that Wither Chain is a lot more reasonable when you enable it off a of Rasiketh and you can try yeah. and do something yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Veil first. Yeah. You just go on maximum, discard your own hand redundancy. <laughs> and also, I mean, the fact that, that, that those colors uh, give you E-Wit so that you can, like, even if they manage to stop it through a Veil, you just go, okay, like, random about E-Wit, get back Chain of Smog, recast Chain of Smog, do it again. Um, But yeah. I mean, aside from that, all it like green doesn't really help mono black that much. Like it gives you the additional filler and mana acceleration, which is pretty nice. Um, I think like basically the biggest thing that I think green actually gives black is sort of a bit more consistency and mulligans. Uh, you get like additional tutors, but also the dorks help you smooth out your. Well, it helps smooth out your draws a bunch, just because you know. You don't have to. Yeah, green. Yeah. Green is definitely the one. Black. Green is is the heavy lifter in in that color pair. Yeah. So it's more that that black is is playing the support role, and then green is is kind of the main color. For sure. Well then, that wraps it up for our main topic, uh, which means it's time for everyone's favorite segment, gut check. Gut check. Gut check. I think honestly, as a general rule, whoever has the gut check idea needs to say it like Lyndon says it. The last. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week's gut check is brought to us by Morgan. Morgan, what do you have on deck for us? Uh so I have a, a question that is a little similar to some ones we've done before, but I think I think it's you know, involves considering a slightly different axis. 
So the question is, what set had the best impact on the CEDH metagame? Best. Mm. Mm. Not most, not powered it up the most, but best. Uh, Using whatever subjective criteria impact. you like. I guess we, we should probably limit this to our time span in CDH. Because there's probably I mean, some I think weird ones we have to limit back. it at least to when CDH, <laughs> of CDH quasi yeah. existed. So how about this? I'll tell you like alpha a set that definitely didn't have the best, and that's Theros Beyond <laughs> Death. <laughs> what are you talking about? Underworld Breach is such a fun card to play with, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was definitely not the first one. That was <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought Commander Legends was uh, a nice set, as much as people don't like Opposition I, Agent and Hall Preacher. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not setting that one in. I'm just. That's. I'm just. I kind of want to. Speak my mind. <laughs> that that's the one that that's sticking out to me the most. I was trying to think about Battle Bond. Um, if I was like, oh, we got Ninjila, we got, we got. Uh, some fun stuff in Battle Bond, but you know, it's, it, like I'm thinking back to uh, to all all these different sets, and you know, every now and then you get one or two cards from a set that would that would heavily impact the CDH meta, and then you know, if it's a card is heavily impacting, it's usually not a good thing. Um, I think the set, yeah, that that added the most to the game without you know completely destroying it. Uh, I think it's probably Commander Legends. Uh, and it's a lot. I can look much more positively back on the set now that Hall Breacher is banned. So I think that's my answer. Hmm. I mean, yeah. If you count Kaladesh block, you got dramatic reverse land. God, I was engine. actually about to ask if we could do a block so I could say Kaladesh block because nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, that block. Okay, you get, so you say you Kaladesh get engine. You, you get Kaladesh. Reservoir, You get dramatic reversal. <laughs> It, like, you just get, like, a bunch of, like, really great stuff for the format in that block. <laughs> I guess... Mm. Uh, I guess if I have to pick one, then, it would just, like, be, like... Kaladesh, then? And just leave Paradox Engine out in the cold? <laughs> I mean, I yeah, guess it makes fair. sense, because... That's very much where Paradox Engine is right now. <laughs> <laughs> can we, hey, Man, Ray Hat, can we get an edit of just Paradox Engine glancing in through like the window from the snow from like <laughs> the from like a Christmas story, like the, play, play the, the it's it's it's, it's the it's the family of broken cards like Adnaz and like whatever sitting at the table inside eating yeah. Christmas dinner with Paradox Engine out in the cold. <laughs> Just a Grinch, a Grinch edit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll lock uh, in Kaladesh. True. And then you also get Paradox Cloud comes. Yeah, that, that's... Not that it's made a big impact, it's, but Yeah, it's a fun it card. Was, there's like, a bunch of there's impactful. a bunch of really fun stuff in Kaladesh, especially if you, like, wrapped a Kaladesh block in total. I guess because we've exhausted all options, I, I'll go back to Commander Legends and kind of have the same conclusion uh, that you know, Linden had. But, I mean, I got to the point where Hall Breacher was kind of growing on me, but 
that's because I was spending all my time in <laughs> growing non-black yeah. decks and it definitely kind of does a little bit of what Paradox Engine used to do and fixed decks. <laughs> Especially green, like green, blue, non-black stuff. Green, yeah. blue decks. Yeah. Um, if, okay, if you, if you had to choose something that wasn't Commander Legends, what would you choose? Just off the top yeah, of your head. No, that's that's hard. Mm. Uh, the, the, I may doing I may be doing the this shadows like, over Innistrad that had Gitrog monster. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, Gitland, if you want to change yours, I'm I shit, may or wait. may not be doing this for the express purpose of having a real poll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can change it. Um, Ice Age. Is that? Dude, Remora and Console? Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Yeah. We did Easy. it. <laughs> Wait, and, um, and Necro, right? Am I... And Necro, different? yeah. That's right. Oh no, or it's... Or is it Doomsday? No, no it's, it's Doomsday. It's, it might be... It's definitely Necro. It might also be Doomsday. Does Doomsday have a previous printing? Because I think it is printed in Ice Age. No, Doomsday was in Weatherlight. You know... Huh. Okay. You you could you could make the argument that onslaught or Zendikar for the uh or sorry, sorry, like like the, the fetches, so I guess it would be cons and I don't think onslaught, right? I don't think Reed would make that argument. <laughs> I would definitely not make that argument. I think fetches are no, so I was gonna a say, net I, negative I for the format. I, I, we we we've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, we have I'm where, staunchly anti fetch. So I, I was going to say that it's, I think a big part of the identity of our format is uh, reliant on having perfect mana. Oh, sorry. I, I'm, and... not, I'm not saying that, like, we should just ban fetches outright, nothing else needs, like, changing. And that, like, in order, like, I, I don't think that the format would be... CDH with 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 fetches banned. I think it would be a better format with fetches banned, but it's certainly not CDH. What I do think should have happened is I don't think they should have been printed in the first place. <laughs> I think we'd be in a much better spot right now if they had just never existed. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah the magic the, is completely the, different. Agreeable. I mean, fetches. yeah, like, the criteria so was crazy. definitely was definitely best to leave in the option of, you know valuing counting against sets cards that you think had a negative effect right. on C I, I just don't even know if it's like a net like it's I I think that fetches cause problems, but I, I it's hard to even contemplate what the alternate universe looks like. And they're just so fundamental to everything we're doing in CDH and, and EDH. Like the whole aspect of of, you know, a lot of what I... Op Agent does is screw over people's mana, and because of fetches and fetch lands, I had a shuffle library, I have perfect mana bases, it's, I don't know. I don't think it would actually be as different as you might first believe, but that's just my belief. <laughs> yeah, but then I wouldn't have the Gitrog monster, because the deck would suck. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally got, <laughs> got to the core of the issue. <laughs> uh... Alright, Morgan, what you got? Uh, I think my answer is War of the Spark. Oh. There were a lot of, like, I, I think that set had a lot of cards that either saw play, like, some of them have fallen out of favor now, like, obviously, uh, Jace Wielder of Mystery comes to mind. 
Um, Vito was that set too, right? Dovin's Vito, Narset's Reversal, Finale, uh, Finale of Devastation, Narset, uh, Harder Veils, Niv Mizzet, Rest in Peace, Neoform, <laughs> Bolsa Citadel. Uh, Citadel, yeah, like that one was a bit more of a slow burn. Didn't see as much play initially, but it's picking up. Dude, CDH staple, God Eternal Kefnet. Ashok Dream Render. CDH yeah, staple, no, Vivian Champion of the Wilds. But yeah, there was just there's a, a lot of like really cool cards that have seen reasonable but like fair amounts of play. Uh also blast and emergence zones. Um were were definitely like an interesting design space. Um and the, I will say the other one that I was like kind of considering that I'm somewhat surprised uh no one else said was uh was Modern Horizons one. Mm. Yeah. Like I think that the those the forces mm. were actually like reasonably healthy. Yeah. Uh obviously the first sliver was pretty first big. Sliver. Um Ranger Captain Urza. Ranger Captain Urza, yeah. Urza had the best impact on the CDH meta because it meant that people stopped playing Teferi and beating him <laughs> in those cards. It was fantastic. Yeah, but it meant that I have to face against Keegan's fucking Trinispheres and Winter Corps. <laughs> that's, you would that's... still be doing that. <laughs> yeah, you were, I think even if Urza wasn't printed. <laughs> also, also, it had um, it had the the Horizon Lands and the enemy talismans. That is true. When are yeah. they going to complete the Horizon Lands? Yeah, enemy talismans. Um, that yeah, felt yeah, good that in, pretty, in, the, in the moment. Oh, show. Cool. Well, um, oh, are we, we, we do have a, uh, a Lister question. Or yeah, this one's it's a bit of an old one, but... We'll uh, get through it. Yeah, I, I think we never answered it, and it's definitely something of an interesting one. Cool. Um, so this listener question comes to, comes to us from Lucas. Uh, so Lucas asks, this might be a bit of a uh, more longer discussion, but how do you evaluate cards and how important is one mana? Example, being why is Dark Confidence so good and the three drop enchantment bad? Uh, so um, Dark Phyrexian, uh, Phyrexian, or Phyrexian Arena or... Uh, What's the other one, sorry? D- Dark Tutelage is the... Dark Tutelage, yeah. Is the one that has the same effect as Bob. Yeah, I mean, you'd run Arena before Tutelage, though. So. <laughs> Unless you were maybe in, like, a super high-color deck where you didn't want double black, but yeah. Yeah, so, and, and the three-drop enchantment bad, and I doubt it'd be much better if that enchantment was a creature instead. Yeah, so definitely it's the mana that, that matters and not are you the... Talk uh, about, are you saying Ruin Raider is not a CEDH staple? <laughs> Dude, doesn't Rune Raider? At, Wait, no, uh, I'm thinking of the be, wrong one. Isn't it, well the one that has raid? Doesn't it make it so that you could actually get a card the turn it comes down? Yes. Yeah, it's relevant. But it's three mana. <laughs> it oh, three it is. Mana. It, it is Rune Raider. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, what what's everyone's thoughts? So, I mean, the you know the the baseline is that um one mana matters a lot. Uh, particularly for um, things that aren't them like things that you don't sort of like build up to or really want to commit a lot of resources to, like, um, like obviously you know ad nauseum would be worse at six mana than it is at five, but the fact that it's like that's the thing that you're doing, you know, the target that you're aiming for, 
is like casting the Nas, and then after that you just kind of win, um, means that those requirements, you know, you're just gonna play in a way that you're expecting to meet them. Um, but I think, yeah, for, like for low cost things, so this is also true of like interaction spells, you know, there's a big push to like keep your interaction preferably to one mana, sometimes to two for a little bit more flexibility. Um, but it's also really important to figure out how things fit into a curve. Um, so, for example, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, historically, um, three mana things have been a lot better in green decks with dorks. Um, yeah, imagine four mana Fabro. Yeah, like, God, so the, the fact that you can go, like, land dork, land the thing is is very, very strong. And, like, two mana Fabro is, like, oh, obviously God. better, but not necessarily, like, as worse as adding yeah. mana is to it. Then. Like, two mana Fabro yeah, is, like, like yeah. good, but, like, not so much better you're than three mana. You're yeah. two, because you're still, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously way better when you don't have the dork. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, like, it's also... Um, you know, why, for example, like, taking the colorless mana off of something like Kess probably wouldn't do a lot for her. Like, assuming you're trying to play a two-mana rock, she's coming down turn four anyway. Obviously, being able to hold mana potentially is nice. Um, so, uh, I think for cards like that, uh, generally, you know, one mana is a pretty big deal, especially when you're hoping to play them on early turns, like, as part of a curve, and not sort of when you're a little bit more established and have, you know, the freedom to either, like, play more expensive spells or play multiple cheaper spells in a turn. Um, so, like, a card like that is one of the ones where its its mana cost is is maximally important. Maybe the only ones that are more important is instant speed interaction, because... Like, obviously, then you have to commit. With instant speed interaction, you know, the quote-unquote best-case scenario is that you don't have to use it. And so the more it costs, the more you're committing with the hope of not using it. Well, very well said. <laughs> Does anyone else have any <laughs> perspectives to <Yeah>. add? <laughs> uh, I think... Um one mana being important in, in terms of card evaluation, it kind of boils down to a kind of rule of thumb in, in Magic, which is, um, you know, the player who plays the, the most cards um, generally ends up winning the game. And this has to do with, um, you know, a combination of, of mana efficiency and um, being able to, to utilize all your mana every turn. And then that requires having you know low cmc cards that uh and this is like very it's this, this is a very big complicated issue and this ties into other card games like like hearthstone where there's differences between um curving out you know in terms of playing a one drop two drop three drop four drop um versus playing you know having a bunch of low drop cards so that you can uh fill your curve by playing multiple cards in a turn um and, and how those you know and then there's obviously the dynamics between um, you know, having one Tarmogoyf can kind of neutralize two, um, you know, one drops potentially. Like, there's there's a bunch of different dynamics, but um, as a rule of thumb, if you're if you're leaving up, you know, if you're not utilizing all of your mana, um, you're you're doing something wrong. And having low um, 
low cost efficient cards can help uh, fill in those gaps. So whether that's being able to, uh, uh, if you on turn three, let's say you go turn one land uh, dork, turn two, you've got um, two mana to develop something like a uh, Sylvan library for, you know, doing something proactive and then also holding up something to be reactive or also, you know, fitting in another dork to just accelerate even further and give you just a nuts turn three. These are all relevant aspects um, of cards and, and just having uh, the appropriate amount of mana uh, as low as possible. You know, that, 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 that turn uh, on turn two, or if you're playing a three mana Sylvan library, uh, your your turn is you know your next turn is short one mana which you know or you're you're not you're maybe losing the game because you're not holding up mana it it, it can be uh, extremely important um, and yeah as you know card to card evaluation the dark confidant to uh, uh, Frexian arena similar card the one that's that's cheaper is is definitely always gonna uh, be the better card for sure I mean I th- I think it's yeah it there is other stuff at play in that specific analysis like. The fact that it is a creature, you know, like, it it was played, I mean, card quality has just been going up and up as they print more cards, that's not surprising. Um, Dark Confident, I think, has lost a lot of stocks. Part of that is just how fast the meta is, like, shifts in play patterns. But I think also part of that is that it was often, you know, not the best card in, like, when it was in a deck like Kess, like, no one really thought, oh yeah, this is, this is just a great card, like, if I had access to three of these, I'd be playing three of these. Um, and so, like, it obviously held out in Timna decks a little bit longer, because it's a decent Timna attacker, which means you can sometimes be getting two cards out of it. Um, but, yeah, I think also, uh, I, I think that the you know, the whole whoever spends more, you know, spends their mana more effectively uh, wins thing is a little bit less true in CEDH than it is in, uh, in like, standard 1v160 card formats, Um, in part because you have opponents who, like, you know, spending resources opponent versus opponent is not, like, doesn't actually get you ahead, it gets you behind. Um, and also in part because the, uh, the mana production, uh, is, like, so much more highly variable, uh, between players over the course of a a typical CDH game than it is, uh, you know, like a a modern game. Like, in a modern game, you know, maybe one person is playing, like, uh, there are a couple modern decks, like Scapeshift or whatever, that, that actually do make a lot more mana, but, you know, burn versus control people are just trying to hit their land drops and tap out every turn whereas like you know having cards like mana crypt or cards like dockside giant mana engines like faber elder can like really start to skew the uh like how you know how important spending your mana efficiently is if you're just generating so much more of it no but i mean if you're generating that that mana you you're often if you're not using it then then you're not winning the game usually like you're not playing a Faber Elder as an attacker, you're playing it to generate mana so that you can spend it on things that advance your game plan and, and put you ahead, get give you more resources. Uh, I think when you when you're comparing like you know well you're if you're just going I think counter spells you know like and like lightning bolts and removal the, the, those are the the things where you don't want to be looking to a sixty card because um, 
in 60 card, you know, going one for one if you if you're playing, you know, more lightning bolts and threats than your opponent is playing counter spells or whatever, then that's great for you. Um, but you don't want to be the one kind of reacting and removing one for one. I think the mana efficiency, um, whoever's playing the most uh cards and using their mana the most effectively in terms of developing their proactive game plan, um is 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 more uh an, an appropriate um yeah, that's uh, that's probably a, yeah. uh, a better yeah. way of looking at it. Because like, you like, know, counter counter spell spending a two mana counter spell on a five mana spell is like a, is a lot better in in modern than it is in in CH. Is is like Yeah, it's it's generally it more but it's mana mana is um important so in, in so much as it lets you play more cards and you know cards and cdh tend to get more cards and i think it's much cdh is much more about um raw cards than it is about uh mana you know you see that in the form of uh you know f- uh you know ad nauses and, and big you know swingy card advantage engines like ristic studies and remoras where it's the cards that we need the game um but you need to be able to utilize those cards effectively by having them be mana efficient or having massive mana engines um but it's the card, like you know, the fact that that you're you're willing to, um, like like if you want to just look at how important mana is, you look at something like a swan song versus a force of will, or I mean maybe a force of negation is a better example, because um, they're more comparable. You're willing to spend uh, a card, which is extremely valuable, uh, for to get a mana cost reduction of one, like that. You that's that's how important it is to be able to uh, that being said the to, to the difference sure. between zero mana and one mana is also like the largest difference in functional mana in the game right oh certainly so. but it is still <laughs> it, it is one. still a difference in one actually sub sub listener question here how <laughs> how um, how much how how much mana would you exchange for a card if like a force cost one mana to cast instead what like what would like like how like i get like how much would how much would the effect usually have to cost for you to pay one mana and a card Hmm. i mean it's sorry like you're saying like like the the normal value of it like the you're saying you're asking how much would the the normal non-pitch cost have to be yes want to play the card yes so I would try to say that <clears throat> five mana is a cost for a counterspell. That's crazy. No, no, no. <laughs> so like, no, so sorry. like, I, I, would I you never play? Mind, yeah. Would you play a three mana? Would you play like uh, a cancel? Except you can pitch cast it for a single. Mana? Or like, yeah, or like exclude. I guess like like one of the higher tier counter magic effects, or like you know interactive effects. But okay, you're yeah. but, so but, the, but the force but the force isn't like yeah it, and so I'm I'm basically asking like how big is the difference from zero to one compared to one to another like mana value right because like definitely that zero to one step is huge compared to the step from one to two like is that is the step yeah, is the yeah. step from zero to one larger well, the from the step between... from one to like three per se like is that a larger difference? It's kind of a large... I think it's a bit more than one mana of a difference because you're kind of not 
using your mana on right. your turn. So that's an effect that you're going mean... to have to tack on later. Plus, it's also limiting your options again by having to spend more mana. So I'd say you pretty much need the effect of like three cards. I think that specifically for interaction and like counter spells, it's uh, it skews it a little bit because like I think that bluffing mana for interaction is like like uh, counter spells yeah, are yeah, definitely yeah. the poster child of cards you hold up with the hope of not using right them. right right um, but also ones that you try and indicate that you have so it it's like a little bit weird to do that evaluation compared to even something like even something like a like a nature's claim or you know like a vampiric tutor or whatever um i think that it it changes the role of the card more uh than it does in in then it like the going from zero to one mana changes the role of force of will more than it changes the role of say like vampire yeah or, yeah or makes sense or whatever cool mm, well yeah. that wraps it up for this episode uh, if you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at Into the North Pod, via our email, into the North Podcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons <clears throat> who helped cover the expenses for our show and allow, us towards work <laughs> and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash Podcast. Another way you can support us is via our TCG Player affiliate link. So anytime you want to purchase something from TCG Player, if you use our affiliate link, which is in the podcast slash YouTube description, a portion of your purchase goes towards supporting the podcast. Thank you as always to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music. To Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo and to our video editor, Manta Ray Hat. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Bye. Peace. Have a good one.